You're listening to a sermon from Plus Life, a church that exists to see lives changed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our prayer is that you will be stirred in your heart and renewed in your mind as you hear the preaching of God's word today. We have a spiritual crisis in North America. I can only say that because I can't really speak for other places in the world right now because I haven't been there and I don't know. But definitely... In North America, we have a huge spiritual crisis amongst many, many ones. And today I want to talk about one specific one. Throughout many churches, throughout many church communities, throughout many Christian seminaries, throughout a lot of Christian culture, a lot of the problems that we have are based in one very, very simple, yet very, very dangerous problem. A lot of us aren't doing our devotions. A lot of us aren't able, or we say we're not able, to spend consistent time with the Lord. And so we see in our Christian world in North America today, a lot of people professing the faith, a lot of people saying that they're Christians, but having no depth or no knowledge or no sustenance, that's the most important one, right? No sustenance of power from God to live the Christian walk. And so what do we have as a result? We have a lot of apathy in our Christian culture. We have a lot of apathy in our churches. We have a lot of apathy in our communities that say they believe in Jesus, but there's something missing. And then at the same time, we have people trying to pursue the highest of spiritual highs instead of coming in solitude into the Word of God and in prayer. It's a simple one, but it's a desperate one. It's an important one. It's something that I've seen in my own church, I've seen in my own life, and also something that I know many of us struggle with because we know that God is the one and only, the Almighty, the King of glory, the one that we should give all our attention to. And He offers us all that we need so that we may continue in our spiritual walk and in our Christian faith, fully supplied not by our works or by our flesh, but by His Spirit, which is also found in His Word, of course, right? But we struggle. We struggle. And we know that the enemy likes to take our time with God and deplete it or cut it out or distract us or whatever the case may be. And in our own flesh, a lot of the times, we feel like it's too much to be able to come to God. Or perhaps we have too many things on our plate to not do it. It's dangerous because I know that um, Pastor Ian told me that you guys are going through the Gospel of John in your Sunday sermons, which is amazing. Gospel of John is an amazing, amazing part of the Bible. And I, will, I, I love John chapter 15 because Jesus just calls it out and says it like it is. He is the true vine, right? And he says right from there, I am the true vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, I love this. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. There is no hope for living for the kingdom, for preaching the gospel, for being grace-filled to our neighbors, our friends, our enemies, for doing anything for the glory of God apart from what Jesus says, apart from him. And how do we spend, how do we, how do we abide in Jesus? That's the question. And, and he has given us that gift through our devotional time. Devotional time could be just easily summed up as our intimate personal time with God. A gift that all Christians, all believers who have repented and believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ and confess Him as Lord and Savior, all Christians have this opportunity to connect with the Lord. And Jesus calls us to abide in Him, to remain in Him, to spend consistent, daily, good, intimate time with Him, surrendering to Him, being empowered by Him, feasting on His Word, 
and drawing strength from him because he tells us, apart from him, we can do nothing. So in a few weeks, whenever you guys get to John chapter 15, remember that, and also I'm sure you guys will discover the beauty of that word, but that emphasis right there, what Jesus said all those years ago, 2,000 years ago, continues true for us today. Apart from him, we can do nothing. Nothing for the kingdom of God. Nothing for the glory of God. We need him. Now perhaps some of you here have been doing your devos every day for a very, very long time. And this message might sound a little out of place for you. And to that I say, good, because you are disciplined and you are doing your devotions. So share with us, please, and encourage more and more brothers and sisters the essentialness and the need for us to daily come into the presence of God. But for those of us, like myself, that struggle and have struggled with doing our devotions, we have a number one enemy that stops us completely, really, from being able to come to God, being able to rely on him, and also being able to draw from him what we need to continue to fight temptation, yes, to persevere in our families when there's trouble, to go through difficult times, all that stuff, right? The thing that really stops us from coming to God is self-reliance. Let me put it this way. When we don't do our devotions, let's say we leave from this place, you have Monday to Friday, you do it on Monday, you feel great, but then you forget to do it on Tuesday, and then it kind of snowballs, and you forget to do it on Thursday, and then by Friday, you feel guilty enough, and you want to do it on Friday, but it wasn't consistent. The reason why that gap happened where we didn't do our devotions, maybe for days at a time, maybe for weeks at a time, maybe for months at a time, is because we've gotten used to relying on ourselves and not finding the desperate need and what Jesus tells us in John chapter 15, right? To abide in him because apart from him, we can do nothing. We haven't seen the consequences, the immediate consequences of not doing our devotions because let's say you missed it on a Tuesday. No one died. You didn't get fired from your job. Your responsibilities are still there. You're going to focus on those. You see what I mean? When we don't do our devotions, we forget it. Yeah, we'll feel a little guilty because we know we, we shouldn't have done, we didn't do what we should have done. But we didn't feel any immediate impact as if, if you neglected your kids and putting them, for not putting them to bed or not doing something at your work or not paying attention to someone when they cried out for help, right? Because we didn't see the immediate impact of not doing our devotions. And we get self-reliant. We're like, okay, it's fine. I didn't do it. I'll just do it later. That mentality, that spirituality is no good for fostering a mature faith and also is the num one of the biggest problems inhibiting us today because we've gotten so used to doing everything on our own that we've forgotten what Jesus says. Apart from him, we can do nothing. There's more to the, to the Christian walk than just coming here and hearing from the word together, which is good. We've got to keep that, 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 that discipline. It's biblical, right? But God is telling us in our daily walk, and the Bible tells us in Psalm 1, you know, and, and all throughout the Psalms and everywhere that we are encouraged to always come to the Lord. There's a consistency there. There's a dailiness there because there is a reliance that is necessary to complete the works in the kingdom of God, empowered by him so that God is praised and not our own. We need him is what we need to understand. Like truly, truly need him. To do life with him, never apart from from him. And so he's given us the blessing of our devotional time. So when we don't do our devos or we do it once in a while, you can imagine it as like going to the gym just once a month. Maybe you have the best 
best, most intense workout at the gym once a month, but that doesn't change your body. Or maybe you are the Toronto Raptors and you only play defense for half the game and then you lose the game. I am very bitter from Wednesday, as you can tell. It doesn't matter. But it's the same thing with our devotions. If it's so sporadic and spread out and we're struggling with it, it doesn't really fill us or give us the sustenance that we need to truly keep going consistently with the Lord. And it's the Holy Spirit, of course, that brings us back and convicts us to keep going. But we need to know that the effectiveness comes not from the spiritual highs, but from the proven God-given gift of the daily, accessible, infinite interaction we can have with Jesus because of his death and resurrection on the cross, because of the life that he's given you. And the life that he's given you, he's given me, is to spend time with him. And so the crisis of our faith in North America is not just gospel problems, uh, unity problems, um, mega church problems, whatever, and, and scandalous pastor problems. It's, it's the fact that so many of us, so many of us are plagued with so much busyness and responsibilities that we neglect to come to the Lord, and we get used to it, and then we kind of become okay with it, and then we just feel a little bit guilty, and then we don't come to the Lord. But Jesus is calling us to something completely different, to abide in him and to remain in him. So I want to ask you guys this morning, you don't have to answer per se, but just think about it. How is your devotional life going these days? Are you struggling? Is it thriving? Do you know that you need to come back to the Lord? Is there any inkling or conviction knowing that, yes, there is a lot more to discover in God, or that, yes, I need him desperately, but there's just so many obstacles coming my way? Your devotional life is the lifeline that we have to God. It's hard to do. There's many responsibilities. It's hard to spend time with the Lord. You know what? Ironically, when I... My, my devotional life really plummeted, I could say, noticeably for the first time in my life was actually when I went to seminary. You know how ironic that is? I go to school to learn about the Bible, to maybe do ministry one day, but I'm having a good time learning, learning, learning. There's Christians everywhere, right? We're having fellowship, we're worshiping, we're going to chapel, we're talking about faith stuff or testimonies, all that stuff is good. But then in the busyness of it all, I stopped spending my solitude time with God. I got distracted. And then, ironically, even though I was being filled with different things, my passion, my love for God was plummeting in a new way that I never experienced before. Because it's not just sin, of course, that keeps us from the love of God or our mistakes. It's sometimes it's the responsibilities or the good things or people coming into your life that, that, that add more things to do. And in our society, we know there are 10 million things that you could be doing. And Jesus understands that as well, as we will see from our passage together. So there was no alone time when I was in seminary, basically. I lived in the dorm, and then I lived with my roommates. I love my roommates. It's not their fault. But I really struggled in those years, finding daily, consistent, devotional time in the midst of enjoying and studying the Word of God. Very ironic, and then I learned an important lesson. We need Jesus, yes, but it's not just the things that are bad that keep us from God or make us feel distant from Him. It's also just the weight of everything that's going around in our life. So what I was missing at that time was not loneliness or, or a community. It was actually solitude. 
finding that intentional time to spend with God away from everyone else that was protected and that was very, very intentional with him. Solitude is a wonderful thing because it's where all the distractions are gone for a moment, where all your responsibilities are put away for a moment, not that you're going to stop being a dad or a mom or, or a son. You know, you're just putting it aside for a moment and coming into the presence of God for exactly what you need, him, to hear from him, to discern, to be filled. We need that. That's the life pattern of the Christian faith. And this is what Jesus invites us to, and this is what we need so desperately. So yes, as a Christian, you are filled with the Spirit of God at all times, and he's interceding for you, praying for you, but we can't take that for granted. We still need to come to the Lord, interact with the Lord, and enjoy him. Jesus took his time with the Father in solitude and in prayer and devotion. If the Son of God, who was God, needed daily consistent devotional time with the Father, how can we expect to do anything apart from him? So weird, right? It's so amazing that Jesus in himself, in his perfection, still modeled for us and showed us the vulnerability of his spiritual life, how he always prayed to the Father, was vulnerable to the Father, asked the Father for strength. And we're going to explore that in our passage today. So God hears us, he welcomes us, and Jesus shows us how to do it because, simply put, we need it. We need it so desperately. Solitude is a gift because, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, of course, we are granted access into the presence of Father. There's no animosity there. That is the hope of the Christian faith, right? So we got we to gotta partake in it. We got to use it. We got to enjoy it. You can't take it for granted. It is a privilege. His presence is so accessible and it's so available. This is the good news we want to share with other people. And yet, we struggle a lot of time with enjoying that actual presence and enjoying the gift of God. And for centuries, followers of Jesus have struggled to find time with him despite this infinite all-access connection to him. So we need to learn to really slow down lay down idols, lay down responsibilities, but for a moment, and come into the presence of God, despite all the distractions. What Jesus shows us in our passage today, in Mark chapter 1, verse 35 to 39, is very clear. He models for us how to appreciate solitude and also how to fight for solitude. And the main point for our message today is very simple. It's just that solitude, this, this time where you spend with God intentionally. It's a gift to fight for. Solitude is a gift to fight for. It's not going to be dropped down for you on a silver platter. No one's going to come to you and say, here's a $2,000 budget to go to Hawaii and spend time with as a spiritual retreat to the Lord. And if you do know someone who's going to do that, please let me know. I would very much like to do that. But no one's going to come to you. Your kids aren't going to come to you and be like, Mom, Dad, you know what? I'm fine. Just spend time with God. No, no, no. They're going to, they're going to demand things from you. They're going to ask things from you. Your job, everything's going to demand and demand and demand. And so we need to learn how to fight for it, how to prioritize it, and how to glorify God in doing so. When we fall more in love with our devotional time, when we see and become less self-reliant, and Jesus really grilling into our hearts and into our minds that apart from me, you can do nothing, then we will see the works that he does in our life, and we will draw closer and closer to God, because the world needs more Christians who are supplied in the strength in the love of God, and in the word 
of God. God is so good and gracious to meet us anywhere, anytime, but it really is a true fight to be dedicated to him in the midst of all the things that we need to do. So as we look to Jesus, Jesus shows us, first of all, that if we want to really prioritize and grow in the discipline of our devotional life, to fight against this uh, spiritual crisis is to seek solitude. We need to seek solitude. So rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Again, the solitude, a nice retreat center, or, or just even a quiet space. It's not going to be dropped down and handed to you on a silver platter. you got to go out there. Jesus had to do it. We're reading from the Gospel of Mark this morning. The Gospel of Mark is great. It's the super fast gospel. Uh, Mark is just telling it like it is. This is what happened, and then this, and then this, and then this, and then this. In the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, we see Jesus beginning his ministry after being baptized, and he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and then Jesus is tempted into the, in the desert, but then he succeeds, and then he calls his disciples, and then he's in Capernaum during the Sabbath, and he's teaching and healing and casting out demons and proclaiming the gospel message of the kingdom of God. Jesus was very, 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 very busy. The busiest person I know. Jesus had a lot of things to do. He had the most important mission ever. He had a lot of people coming to him. He had people that he had to pour into, right? The disciples. He had a lot of things to do. And so what did he do? He, he sought after and intentionally removed himself from the context of the busyness of his ministry and the situation in order to spend time with the Father and to be rejuvenated, and to be strengthened. If Jesus, again, I'll point this out, if Jesus needed to do that, how can we expect to not do that? How can we expect to live apart from the strength, and the love, and the provisions of the Father? So Jesus sought the solitude. He was very busy. You imagine, he's surrounded by crowds of people, demanding and asking for his help to be healed, to be cast free from demons. I'm sure that takes more than just the regular energy of lifting your hands and praying for them. There's things that Jesus is doing that's exhausting, that's draining him. And also he's teaching and showing the disciples. He's being graceful at the same time because I'm sure lots of people are coming to him with silly questions or whatever the case may be. It doesn't matter. He's being graceful through it all. And so what does he need? He doesn't need food. He doesn't need sleep. He goes into the bright, uh, not into the bright, the dark morning before everyone is awake so that he can find the solitude with God to continue. He sought the solitude. It was his only option. He was incredibly busy. So in order to seek solitude, we're going to learn from Jesus three P words that we need in order to kind of make this happen and also to model it after what Jesus has shown us. So when you're seeking solitude, the first thing you need to do is plan for it. Plan out when you're actually going to spend time with God. Not just have it in your head. Have it in your actual calendar. Actually prioritize it. Actually know when you're going to have the time to do it and then follow through with it or tell someone that you're going to follow through with it. It doesn't matter. Jesus had a very intentionally set plan of knowing when everyone would be away, knowing when he could go into a desolate place where no one could come and find him, where he could actually enjoy the presence of the Father. The reason we got a plan as well, just in our limited human nature, is also because, naturally, we spontaneously don't want to just stop, uh, stop drop, and roll into our bed and read our Bible and do our devotions. Naturally, we want to satisfy our 
burnt outness or our tiredness with entertainment or with comfort or leisures that are not from God. And yes, there's times and place for leisure, but it should never fully replace the time that we need with God. And so the reason we need to plan and actually write down when we're going to do it and focus on how and, and, and the, the time and the place that effectively works for us is because spontaneously, unless the Spirit very much convicts you in the moment to come to Him and drop down on your knees and pray, spontaneously our flesh fights against us. We'd rather distract ourselves, entertain ourselves, and, and, and numb ourselves than initially intentionally come to the Father. So we plan because we're fighting against our own flesh, but also in Jesus' case, he knew that he had to do it in order to find the right time to spend with the Father. Jesus didn't spontaneously decide to pray early in the morning. This is very purposeful. This is very intentional. He's already tired. He's going about all day. He's interacting with everyone. And he gives up sleep so that he can spend time with the Father. Take that as you will, of course. I'm not asking you guys to wake up at three in the morning so that you can pray to God because that will be a miserable time and you might relent at him for a little, or uh, uh, not curse him, but just be like, God, why? Why is it so hard? But of course, the intentionality and the planning behind it, we have to take it very, very, very seriously. This is not a casual thing. It demands intentionality, not only in meeting with him, but doing the preemptive uh, discipline of scheduling and, and thinking about where it works for you. So what do you have to give up in order to make it happen? If you need to give up sleep, sure, you can give up sleep. If you need to give up watching that TV show, you need to give up watching that TV show. If you need to give up spending just a little bit of time with your friends, you do that. If you need to throw your phone into the river for five seconds or 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you do that. You do what you need to do to plan to make that space available. So we know that in our devotional life, if we need to seek solitude, we've got to plan it. We don't take it lightly. We actually do it. And if you want someone to follow you with accountability to do that, you go for it. But Jesus rose up early in the morning when it was, while it was still dark, while he was probably still tired because he knew he needed the strength and the presence that the Father could give him. So we've got to take that into account. Secondly, in order to seek solitude, we need to find, this is really important, a pocket. I call it a pocket. A pocket is a place in a time where you know you will be uninterrupted. A pocket of time. A place that's special and unique that you know, or at least somewhere where at least you can mentally focus and, and give, your time to the God, give your time to God, even if it's on the subway when you're going to work, at least you can tune out everyone, or at least if you have the ability to do that. doesn't matter. The pocket and the space and time that you know that you will be uninterrupted so that you can spend time with Jesus. Jesus knew that early in the morning was a good time before everyone woke up. I don't know where this desolate place is, probably by the mountainside or wherever he was. That was his special place where he knew that if anyone was going to have to find him, they would try really, really hard to seek after him. So Jesus had planned it. He had his pocket, and he was doing it. I've done so many devotions in my car before I come home from work, before I go into work, doesn't matter, wherever I could find that unique time and space where I could truly, truly just be alone with God. There's pockets for you in your life, and I'm sure that God can provide for you. 
but we have to think very intentionally about where those places can be. Because you have family, you have children, you have work responsibilities, you have job responsibilities, you have friends, and you have all these commitments. We need a space and time that's dedicated to the Lord. And so if that takes going, hiking 20, 30 minutes away from your home, if that means stepping out of the office, whatever the case may be, if it means your car, your closet, whatever, your bathroom where you can lock the door, wherever you can find some of that privacy, you need to fight for it, prioritize it, and know where it is. Because Jesus intentionally was there, and he was praying, and he was seeking that time with the Lord. And he models that for us. Seeking solitude means that we might need to give up some creature comforts, right? As we mentioned earlier. But whatever the case may be, it's all worth it. Because we need the presence of Jesus and the fellowship with Jesus. And of course, finally, when you've got all those things figured out, you've planned it, you have a pocket of time, you know where it's going to be, you know it's going to be a safe space, or at least safe enough, you have to be present. You're not there to take a nap. You're not there to just listen maybe to an audio devotional. You're there to engage with the presence of the Father that is so immediately available to you through Jesus Christ. So you may pray your laments. You may pray your concerns. You may glorify Him. You may worship Him. You may read from His Word and you may ask that the Holy Spirit fill you to reveal from His Word what He needs to tell you. You need to be like Samuel and be like, here I am, Lord. Your servant is here. I'm listening. And you also need to ask that the Holy Spirit fills you so that you can actually have the ability to do that in the first place. But while you're engaging with your devotional time, don't waste it by being distracted or sleeping, but be present with the Lord. That's what Jesus was doing. He departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. He prayed and he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. We know that in Luke, um, in Luke, the Gospel of Luke, before Jesus chose the disciples, he went out into a desolate place again, and he prayed. So before he made those important decisions, that's what he did. He had an intentional purpose and was there before the Father so that he could make the right decisions and all that stuff. Of course, knowing that he always makes the perfect decisions, but even still, doing that discipline. Jesus Christ shows us all these wonderful, intricate little details for a good, thriving devotional life in the midst of so much busyness. It is possible. He does provide us with the time and the space to do it, but we have to commit to him and realize the importance of it. So seek the solitude. Plan it out. Find that pocket of time. Be present in it. Enjoy it. Continue to, to see God kill your self-reliance and the hardness of your heart. And uh, I've seen him do it in my life, so I know I can tell you about it. And enjoy those times because those are the necessary times that God has given us to be strengthened in his presence. Seeking solitude is so important. Actually seeking it, right? Not expecting that it will come. Not asking for someone to provide it for you, but actually talking between you and God. Okay, this is, this is where we're going to do it. This is the time, and, and, and we're going to do it there. Seeking and fighting for it is so important because there's something else in the meantime, of course, that hunts you down, that prevents you from spending time with God. And it's your responsibilities because our responsibilities hunt us down. Our responsibilities seek you in the midst of you trying to seek the necessary time of solitude. In verse 36, and Simon and those who were with him searched for him. And they found him and said to him, everyone is looking for you. 
Imagine it's nonstop for Jesus, probably from the moment everyone goes to bed, and when they wake up, what do they say? Oh, where's Jesus? We need to go find him. We've got to get going. We've got stuff to do. And so Jesus knew that. He knew that his responsibilities and his ministry were coming to find him. He knew that he needed to retreat to a desolate place early in the morning before anyone else could bother him so that he could spend time with the Father. He knew that the responsibilities and the weight of the mission was going to find him no matter what. And therefore, he had to carve out that time with the Father. We have been given a mission, of course, to make disciples of all nations, spread the gospel. There's always something that we can be doing, yes, in the kingdom of God, empowered by God. There's always something that the family needs. There's always something that you can do for work. There's always something that you can do to self-improve, whatever the case may be, wherever your passions are. Those responsibilities will hunt you down. But in the midst of all that, God calls us not to be self-reliant, but to seek after him, to come to him in that solitude so that we can do all those responsibilities empowered by him and not on our own. We need to flip the switch in our brains. It's not just us that's living. It's Christ that's in us, empowering us so that he is glorified in all that we do. I find it very funny that the first thing that the disciples do when they woke up was just to go and look for Jesus. And if you're a parent, you know that as your kids demand your time, or if you're a very demand, you have a very demanding job, you know exactly what that feels like. And instead of being discouraged or maybe grouching at the disciples and saying, I need more time with the Father, and that would be perfectly justified because he is Jesus, instead Jesus rolls along with them. And in verse 38 and 39, instead of saying, oh, give me more time, he says, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee. Very busy, right? Jesus is the busiest person we know. Preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. So the responsibilities seek you. They're going to hunt you down. There's things that we need to do. There's things that God has given us to do. But he's not asking us to do it alone. He's asking us to do it with him, in partnership with him, empowered for him. So that's why when we enjoy and seek the solitude, we're empowered for the mission of God. So in final, in our closing here in these short verses, know that solitude, this intentional time that you have with God, it's a gift for us so that we are recharged, we are rejuvenated for the mission, for the responsibilities, for the glory of God. So that we are not dismayed, we are not hopeless, we are not discouraged, we are not overwhelmed, but we are like Jesus after having escaped everyone for a little bit, finding that time of solitude early in the morning, praying, 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 asking God for help, I'm sure, and being strengthened in the Father. And then when the disciples found him, Jesus wasn't bitter. He wasn't like, oh, i got to do this all over again. No, he was like, all right, let's go to the next towns. Preaching, kingdom of God, casting out demons, healing, teaching, doing all the things that he needed to do. To be honest, logistically, that's how you prevent burnout by being so closely knit in the presence of God, so satisfied in his presence, so filled with joy, so sustained, giving all of your anxieties and everything to him, building trust in the Father. That's why our devotional life is so important. That's why we need it so bad. That's why there's so many Christians out there that are struggling. It's because they're struggling to find that time and sustenance with the Lord. Spiritual highs are spiritual highs. You know, when we come together and we worship and we feel encouraged, that's amazing. God has given us all access to him. And we can use that in our devotional time 
to enjoy his presence, to be strengthened for the mission. And we know, as we have finished Easter, right, before Jesus was betrayed and before he was led away to be crucified, in his final moments, he spent his time alone in the garden, praying, praying for God's will to ultimately be done, having the strength to fulfill the thing that none of us could do, dying on the cross for our sins. It all comes full circle to the gospel, right? Jesus' devotional life, he shows us right before the moment of his betrayal, his reliance on the Father, but also his commitment to the mission and being able to do it. I'm so glad that the disciples and in the gospels, they report Jesus' intimacy with God because it shows us how to do it, but also the necessity of it. So don't take for granted the salvation of Jesus Christ. Of course we know that. But know that as we struggle and as we have 10 million responsibilities that we have to do, we are still called to abide in Jesus Christ, the true vine, the bread of life, living water, all that stuff that you guys are going to talk about and have been talking about in the Gospel of John. Life is found in Jesus Christ. He calls us to live with him, and he has given that opportunity through our devotion. So, Seek that solitude. It's a gift. He will meet with you there. Be present there. Plan for it. Have that pocket of time. Enjoy it because that's where we are sustained. That's where we're growing consistently. That's what we need from the Father. It's his gift to you. It's something to fight for. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your, your love for us. I, there's, there's not much we can really say beyond Thank you in giving our appreciation to you. It's just so amazing. Lord, I pray for everyone here that maybe is struggling to find some consistent time with you. Lord, I pray that you would, by your grace, lead them close to you. Help them to plan a specific times where they can meet with you. Help us as brothers and sisters to encourage one another to do so. Help us as brothers and sisters to continue to discover more and more of the joy that is in you so that we in our self-reliance, let go of it and realize that we so desperately need you in all the things that we need to do. Holy Spirit, I pray that as you convict us and move us, that this week we will see absolute change in our devotional life with you, that we would be filled, that we would enjoy your presence, that we would take your promises, and most importantly, that we would believe and trust that your presence is with us and never abandons us, and that is more than enough. Lord Jesus, help us to fight against the self-reliance. Help us to just back away from our responsibilities, to let go, and to trust in you, and to meet with you, so that we are empowered more and more for the kingdom of God, for your mission, to be a blessing, and to be a light to the nations, to be peacemakers, to be good parents, to be good co-workers, to exemplify your love and your gospel. And we can only do that abiding in you. So Lord Jesus, we come to you now and we ask for your help in your name, Lord Jesus. Protect us from the evil one and help us to find that time, that space, to dedicate ourselves to you. Lord Jesus, you showed us the way. Literally, you've given us the way and we'll take part in you. So we thank you for the fellowship that we have in you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your blood. Thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that your spirit is with us always. We pray all this in Jesus' name.
Thanks for listening. We hope that you were blessed by the sermon today. If you would like to learn about the gospel or know more about our church, please visit pluslifepeople.com. Remember to subscribe for more content. Until next time, stay blessed.